Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. Welcome to everyone to Might in Motion. So fun to be able to bring guests to you uh, where we get to talk about different things about leadership. And it comes in all kinds of shapes and forms, which is the thing I love you know, leading teams in corporate America. Uh, I love being able to see how we can learn from um, from entrepreneurs, from people who have built uh, companies from the ground up. And so today I have the one and only Scott Travis with us. I am super stoked about this. I got to see you on stage at Lions Den Live. Um, you are a phenomenal artist. You've obviously built multiple companies dismantled them and then just gone after your dream career and dreadlocks and all kinds of cool stuff and living the life fun fact you are guest number 10 so you know you can tell Anne you are in fact a 10 out of 10. <laughs> i think i think after 36 years I, i'm hoping i'm at least an eight and above so <laughs> it might be spent on the day i don't know but yeah. uh, we're so excited to have you thank you so much for joining us Thanks so much for uh, inviting me. Been looking forward to it. Um, so as you and I kind of chatted a little bit backstage, um, you know, I mentioned that most of the audience here um, is kind of on a in a corporate track. They they are folks that may be looking to break into leadership roles or are in a leadership role, and sometimes that's a struggle. Um, and I know you've led teams before. You've had to build teams. Probably had to have tough conversations. Are any? Are there anything that you look back on that part of your life and you're like, man, if I could have done that differently when I was, you know, 25 or whatever, what would that be? Boy, I think the, I think the biggest thing. It's it's interesting that you say that because I I say to a lot of people now when when I'm talking about business and everything else, I was a terrible boss. I was a terrible. I was probably the worst boss because I didn't, I was not one that, um, I mean, I, I was paying you to do a job. So that that's basically what it was. I didn't, I didn't develop relationships. I didn't, I didn't get close with my, with my, my employees and, um, you know, growing up and, and looking back on it now, it's like, I see what the young entrepreneurs are doing now and they're, they're building these tight knit teams and it wasn't that wasn't me i was i was the one on the island and just said you know i'm the boss and that's it and it's it's really fascinating coming from you know the two different dimensions of it and uh yeah it, it, if i would if i were to go back i mean and i still have a lot of interaction with people now day nowadays anyway but no i i really try to know the person i really I really try to give more than I take from someone because ine inevitably it just it manifests itself crazy. And I've just seen it time and time again. Yes, that's so true. And I know we've got some folks joining us live. So in the chat, if you have a question for either one of us, you can pop it in the chat and we will do our best to get to it while we're talking live. Um, so I, I totally hear what you're saying about kind of pouring into into your team and I know you you and your wife Anne talk a lot about communication on your podcast, Thou Shalt Not Kill, right? And it's 
that kind of communication that you talk about in a marriage or in a dating relationship, I think applies at work too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And we, you know, on our podcast and, and, and our coaching and stuff too, it's like, we, we have an approach in which is sounds really interesting now that I just told you that I'm a terrible boss, but for 30 years, like it's crazy. But, but what we approach our marriages as a business, do you need, you need a CEO, you need a CFO, you need a coordinator, you need an assistant, you need all this stuff. And we keep that within our family as far as, you know, we have, bo- it's, it's, it's real interesting too. We have board meetings, whereas, you know, the corporate world, every, you know, all the, all of them come into an office and sit there Well, it's only me and Ann. So mm-hmm. we, we legitimately, um, it's, it's, a. Uh, I mean, it's one of the one of the strong tools that we teach everybody else to do. It's we we have it once a week. We have it off site, so we go to a restaurant. We bring one car, so that we can't leave if we're mad at each other. We can't do anything else. We stay away from the home, um, and we conduct it like a board meeting. We we have I'm I'm old school yellow notepad. Um, this is what you know. The kids need to be at soccer. Who's taking care of that? You know um, these bills. Plan vacation. Um, it's not it, when we talk about a board meeting. It's not we don't talk really about our relationship as far as what someone's doing wrong. We call that a state of the union because mm-hmm. of, if the president comes on a state of the union, here's where our problems are, guys. Here's what we have to work on. So we've really kind of done it that way. We've we, we're business oriented as far as taking our marriage. So yeah, I, and I I think that applies to to teams too. I mean, I've I've led teams where it's just me and one person, um, but I've also led teams of thirty folks, right? And when you've got that many people, or even more, you know, it's about how do you create that connection with with others, so you know what's important to them, and then you can leverage that, but in a good way, right? You're not leveraging to get one up on somebody, just like you you have a skill set and has a skill set you become each other's like best supporter. Right. You do that same thing in a team work environment. Well, yeah. And, and the, the thing that we say too, is like, you know, communication to me is listening. Yes. You know, I think, I think in a team set, in a team atmosphere, in an in a entrepreneurial, in a, in a business sense, you know, if you're the leader, you know, and you communicate what you want, the big thing with that is listening, you mm-hmm. know, not just about getting your point across. It's like, what does someone else, you know, what does someone else want? What is the, what is the, what is their, what is, what do they hear from you? So like, I always, I always tell Anne, it's like, okay, what did, what did I just say? And it sounds really interesting and, and weird. Like you're, I don't trust what she says, but I want to make sure she under, I want to, and, and same with me. It's like, okay, this is what I heard you say. Yeah. That, I think that cuts down a lot of nonsense, to be honest with in a marriage and in business. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're you're absolutely right because when you're assuming what your leader wants or what even your customers want, mm-hmm. so then that's when you start making mistakes. Yeah. Right. Um, and and you're you're in a in a whole different industry now than where you were before, right? Um, but all along the way you've had customers. Yeah. How how have you leverage that customer service aspect to drive your business? Uh, well, I've had a, a, a few different businesses and each one was ac- actually unique and different. Mm-hmm. Um, right now in my art, it's building a relationship on just more of a, cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a non-necessity. It's something that someone likes. So that's, what's going to bring them to me to see what they like. 
um, when I was in the pool business and or the landscape business too, it's like I have I have, I also have a product that you want, but now it's it's convincing them that I'm the right person to do it. Whereas on the art, they like me before we even come to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I, I think in the in the business side, you have to make your customers understand you, give them you, so that they can buy what you have. Yeah, that yeah so. that that makes a lot of sense, and it, it's your when you're providing that that extra. So you talked about how people are buying you as an artist, right? They've right. already built a relationship with you, either, you know, online mm-hmm. is probably your main connectivity or through, you know, showing your art in different places. They're buying you. Right. And it's similar to when I'm hiring someone, when I'm building my team in corporate America, I'm buying a person, right? Like I'm, I want to understand what does that make that makes that person tick? Are they going to fit culturally? Are they going to be the type of person that become like a ride and die for my team? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so you're, you're constantly, regardless if you're selling a product that you've made, you're always selling something because you're selling yourself. Yeah. I think the thing is too, is when you're building a team, I think the relationship that you have, I don't want to say outside the business, but if you can, if you can converse with someone that understands you, you know, that's, that's a big benefit. But if there's someone that isn't that talkative person, but they do their job really well, now it's a matter of you manipulating yourself, not changing that person and manipulating yourself to as a boss or as a, as a leader to try and figure out how can I get the most or what is this person want? That's what I'm saying. When you think about the other person before you think about yourself. Yeah. Um, when I saw you speak earlier this year, you talked um, about how you've kind of got to get out of your own way, right? And you, 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 I'm in transportation, so you used an analogy of saying you must move from here to get there, right? Can you tell us a little bit about how you think about that and how that allows people to shift out of where being stuck? Yeah, I, the big thing is, is like I, I always hear people, you, you always hear people that say, you know, once I get done with this, I'm going to do that. I'm just, or my dream job is to do this. You know, I want to be, I want to be an artist, but I'm a plumber. It's like, you're never going to get there unless you leave here. You know, you can continue to be a plumber all you want, but if your real ultimate goal is to do something else, you're never going to, you're never going to get there unless you leave where you're at now. And, And again, a lot of people say, you know, leaving your comfort zone and everything else, it may not, it may not even be, leaving your comfort zone. Maybe you hate the job, but it's like, I don't think I can do it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's always these obstacles that come in the way. And and the big thing is, is just, you just have to take a gamble on yourself. And it, I don't, I don't feel as though I've ever gambled on myself. I've just trusted myself to do it. And, and again, when I do that, it's like, I burn the boats. I like, yeah. I, I don't give myself away, away back. Like when we moved out to, to Utah, we sat and had a, we had a board meeting, me and Ann discussed it. And then we took action and moved on. We didn't talk about it on January 1st. And then, you know, December 20th of that same year, we decided to talk about it again. It's like, okay, this is this is our objective. This is what we want to do. And we set forth and did it. Yeah. There's, there's no question. Yeah. And that's the and that's the and that's the whole point behind you're never gonna get where you want to be unless you leave where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like where you're at, then that's great, but always be open to the opportunities of doing something else. Have you always been that way? Is that just in your DNA? Yeah, I think it is. I, I really do. I think because because we've made we've made some major moves like uh, mm-hmm. interstate. 
um, made some major job changes. When I, when I started, uh, when I decided to leave my job to start my own company, I was, I was 22 years old and I'm 58. So let's go back quite a ways. I was 22 years old and making $80,000 a year without any overtime. So yeah. I'm, I'm a 22, 23 year old kid that, that's driving brand new cars and doing all this fun stuff. And again, maybe that doesn't sound like a lot now, but back, you know, go back 35 years. That's yeah. a nice chunk of change, you know? So Especially three kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had kids too. So it's like, yeah. okay. so that's just it. I just, I, I, I went all in on myself again. I, I don't think I'm gambling on myself. I just, I just take the responsibility upon myself. I don't, if I screw it up, that's my fault. No matter what, I don't, I don't put the blame on Anne because she'd let me do it or uh, nobody lets me do anything. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And again, we talked about it. Me and my wife talked about it, but once we made the decision, it was just go. Yeah. Yeah. I, another thing I see you talk about a lot on Instagram um, and I will have, I have kind of your where to follow you uh, a little bit later on to share with everybody, because if you are not following Scott on Instagram, you need to, cause I love it. I look at your content and, and Anne's content every single day. I have um, a big girl that helps me with it. So <laughs> that's awesome. One of the things you talk about, and this is how I got you on because you, you, you keep on talking about just say yes. And you mm -hmm. posted a question. And so I answered, you know, Hey, ask me anything. So I asked you, you know, would you like to be on here? And you said yes. And I yes. thought, yes, this is, so that for me was a big yes. But how do you, um, you know, how do you know, is, is there a time when maybe you, you shouldn't say yes? <laughs> or, <laughs> maybe right now, maybe you're regretting this right now. I don't know, but like. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, we, we made it a conscious effort to just start saying yes more. And again, that wasn't my MO. So you asked me before, was that in my DNA? Yes. Before it was, this was not in my DNA to yeah. say, because I always, I, you know, you always find an excuse. You always find a reason. Uh, I don't really, not, but from me saying yes, the opportunities that have come from that yeah. being on this, being, uh, starting our own podcast, doing, you know, doing some art for some pretty influential people, mm -hmm. just, just say yes. And then, and again, I think that I think if you say yes, something epic is going to happen. And that may be that your car burns down, but it's going to be epic. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just doing it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's opening the doors to, to the unknown. I mean, I just, I just think that that's, again, I'm, I'm 58 years old. I'm going to do as much as I can mm -hmm. while still up on the right side of the dirt. So, yeah. I mean, for me, some of the biggest career moves I've had is going into roles I knew absolutely nothing about. Yeah. Well, the opportunity presented itself. And I'm like, wow, that person sees something in me that maybe I don't see, which means right. I've already got their trust that they know I can do it. So let, let me go learn about how do you ship stuff, you know, to Hawaii, Guam, Puerto Rico, USVI. How do I learn, uh, you know, what, how to do, you know, domestic right. transportation or inventory management, all these things I didn't know before, but I just said yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's a lot of that's, a lot of that has, has come with my art is because I, I do, I don't say I do specific things. I like to, to venture out. I do some other stuff. If you look on my Instagram, it's all that. But when people started commissioning me to do things that I've never done before, I, I don't do horses. I don't do portraits, but I'm like, yeah, let's try it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's another avenue of, of something that I didn't know within myself that I can do. That's the whole thing. It's like, when you say yes, you're pushing yourself outside your boundaries and again, you're, you're trusting yourself to do it. If you fall on your face, I, 
I don't think any experience is a bad experience. I mean, realistically, I mean, you can, things can go perfectly and you can go, wow, that's, that worked out great, but things can go sideways really quick. And then you go, oh, maybe that's why I didn't do it like that. You know what I mean? It's like, so, so the opportunities, when you say yes, the opportunities are endless. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. That's been probably, like I said, that that's the things that have shifted things in my career. Right. And, um, you know, or get to know people I'd never met before or go to places I never thought I would go to, which has been really, really cool. And I'm trying to figure out how to instill that uh, mentality in my kids. So I've got you know an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, right? So it's how do you instill that? Because sometimes they just want to say yes to everything. But then, you know, a- and encourage them to have that entrepreneurial spirit, right? So being in corporate America, as long as I have, having an entrepreneurial spirit is, is getting outside of my comfort zone. Right. Right. And that sounds like it's kind of within your comfort zone for a long, long time. What are things as a father that maybe you can recommend to to us on what are things we should instill in our kids so that they do have that philosophy of saying yes and, and really getting outside of their comfort zones? Boy, if I if I if, if I were again, I've changed quite a bit from raising my little kids. So, I mean, I think I more. I would push them more to doing things that were uncomfortable and not when I say pushing them is allowing them because I think that I, I think as parents, we want to keep our kids really tight and make sure that they're safe and make sure it's okay. Let them break their leg. Let's okay. Let them get a scuff on their knee. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, again, they're going to have to learn this thing. This is one thing that I told my, my kids when they were growing up, I said, you're going to learn the lessons of life. You're, you may learn it at six. You're going to learn it, maybe mm-hmm. learn it. 16, 26, 36. But once it aha moment comes on, now it's just you go, go make it happen. You know yeah. what I mean? But, and I think the more, the more that you leave the door open for your kids to make mistakes, they're going to learn them a lot quicker. Think about it this way. If someone just tells you, if you ask someone to do something, they say, no, you're going to go, why? I mean, it's the first question your kids ask you is why? And it's like, instead of tending instead of spending the next hour explaining why not, unless obviously it's going to hurt them or kill them or do something stupid, right. let them do it. Right. It's like, you know, and then what they're going to, they're going to learn that lesson a lot more than, Oh, my dad said I couldn't do it. Right. You know, right. one of the things I'm trying to spend with mine is, uh, so my youngest, for example, randomly, she says, Oh, I want to get my ears pierced. I was like, okay, well, why do you want to get ears pierced? I just want to. Well, you're going to need a better argument than that with your father. So let's talk about how you negotiate this. Like you need to know what you want, why you want it. And you're going to come to the table with your argument. Right. And because you know, I think people need to be able to negotiate too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teaching kids. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, a good and a bad with negotiating with your kids. Then they're going to start negotiating with you when they get older. So it's just. Oh yeah. That's going to happen anyway. I've got two girls. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that I just think let them let them fail as much as they can when yeah. as young as they are. I I, I think yeah. you're, you're, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a great practice to fail when they're young. So when you get older, you're used to it. it it's all of a sudden you're not going to get into the corporate world. You're not going to get your first job, and someone's going to be disappointed because you failed. And then yep. you then you're going to you know spin it off and oh the world hates me. I'm too good. This is not right. not the way to do it. Right. Now, I mentioned that you have a lot of things going on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Sure. So we have we have a podcast that we run two episodes a week. It's called Thou Shalt Not Kill Podcast. 
a, a podcast on marriage. Um, it's me and my wife. We don't have any guests on. We sit for 30 minutes. We try and keep it legitimately a 30 minute podcast just because that, that because that's what we have time to listen to. It's like right. we, we can go on and on and on, but that's what, if I'm listening to a podcast, I want it to be about 30 minutes and then I can get out of it. You know, it's usually a, a drive to the store or taking the kids to school or coming home from school. So we, we, we actually, we just talk about how we've made it for 36 years. Um, podcast, we've got a hundred and I think we have, we just hit 140 episodes that we've done. So after 36 years, I mean, we still find things to talk about, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's just, we talk everything. I mean, we've talked about, you know, sex. We've talked about our, we've talked about the issues that we've had with our kids. Uh, we've talked about drug addiction. We talk, we're an open book. I mean, yeah. I just want it to be where it's and, and, and friends of ours say when they listen to it, it's like they're just sitting in our living room because that's basically yeah. where we shoot our podcast. And we just we just sit and talk. I mean, we'll argue, we'll bicker, then we'll come round and around, you know, to the point that we're trying to make. It's like being married is not hard. It's really a not hard at all. It's difficult at times. Mm -hmm. But our 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 main our our bedrock of it is communication and and, I, and like I said before, communication is more listening than talking as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So no, I think that, and once again, like we'll kind of take it back to where we were at the beginning, that applies to every relationship in your life. Yeah. It's with your parents, your kids, your coworkers, your employees, your bosses, whomever. If you aren't willing to listen and communicate. If you know more. Yeah, if you know more about your your employees than you know about your spouse, that's something. I mean, because think about yeah. it you're you're at the you're at the office all day long. You're probably spending more time at the office with coworkers than 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 it, than your own spouse. So, right. if you know more about them than you know about your about the person that you're sleeping with, it's like, eh, maybe you should spend a little time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally agree. And so I knew we're, we're we got a few minutes left. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to ask you about is having coaches in your life, mm. right? And, you know, we met through a coaching group. You have your own coaching group. Um, what does being a coach and having a coach, what do those two things mean to you? Um, so I, I got my first coach and, and I still have him he, he, about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And Honestly, for the first four years, I didn't do anything. I didn't change. I didn't. I listened. I was good at listening, but implementing wasn't what what I was doing because we get into that habit of of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. So what I what um, I think I think once you hit someone that is a coach that you can listen to and relate to, and they have something valuable, and then you take action. You can hire all the coaches in the world, but it's up to you to take the action. Right. And then, and now switching back to being a coach in the marriage space and on, on a couple other areas, on I see that the people that take action are the ones that relate to what I'm saying. And it's not that I say anything different to anybody else, but you know, some people like blonde people or you know, blonde women, or some people like brunettes. It's like mm -hmm. just what fits with you and what and how they how they deliver what they want to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the, I think having a coach will propel you if you take the action on what, what they're giving you the lessons to do. And as a coach for the, for me to listen to what the, the people are looking for, but not changing what my, 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 uh, my core is, you know, right. what I mean? that's it. Right. I mean, everything really comes down to taking action, right? Yeah. Because 
I can't do it for you. No. Uh, you know, and I can, I can maybe hold up a mirror and try to help people see. Yeah. But if you don't want to look at the mirror or do anything about it, then, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it, it, it can be sometimes frustrating, like from, as a, for me, I'm from the, that perspective of being, being a coach, but um, it's also exciting when you see somebody take action and, and you see them like succeed. It, it's, it's so okay. cool. It's, it's rewarding and it's rewarding that fact. I think, I think that you hit it right though. It, it's all up to the individual. It was, it's up to me to listen. It's up to me to, it, as, a, as, as a student, it's up to me to take the advice and move forward with the instruction. As, an, as, a, as a coach, it's, it's important for me to listen, but give my honest, give the honest um, direction. You know yes. what I mean? It's not sugarcoated. It's like, yeah, you might, you know, you know, why don't you try this? It may hurt. It may cost you money. It may do this, but mm-hmm. this is the way to get through it. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's completely up to the, it's completely up to the acceptor of the coach to, to, to move forward with it. Yep. No, I love it. Um, I wanted to share with everybody kind of how they could get a hold of you or reach out to you. So I know you're really big on Instagram. Um, I also listed your the, your website that I found, uh, the, you know, figure your link in Instagram. Is there, is, are those the best ways? Drop me a DM. Yeah, the best the best way is Instagram. I mean, I am Scott Travis. I see you have it up on the screen and that. Um, yeah, I'm. That's the other thing too is like so many people is like, guy, you're you're kind of accessible. It's like I'm just a regular person. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you may have the followers and you have all this other stuff and oh, you're a coach. You have to do podcasts all this. Stuff. I'm just I just like to, I'm living is what I'm doing. And if you want to be in my space and you're a good person, I will have you in my space. No problem. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. This has been fantastic. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.